0: Listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello. Hello. That was very robust.
1: Yeah. Had the nice uh, drawn-out effect. <laughs> I'm more caffeinated. I'm more present emotionally. Physi- phys- um, equally present physically as I was previously. <laughs> maybe maybe more so spiritually, <laughs> who can say?
0: Oh, There is something about talking about the things of the Lord that just bolsters the soul you know unless it's sin Uh. (laughs) ah even that can in its own way if it leads to confession
1: and repentance i was gonna throw out that godly grief reference there
0: yeah see looky there you are you're one step ahead of me you're like actually 27 steps ahead of me you're like 50 steps ahead of me i don't even know that
1: sounds farcical
0: well i don't know anyone that is (laughs) or any of us i saw R.C. Sproul, Uh great teachers and theologians of our time. It was a compilation video and he was teaching at a conference and he had two guys up on the stage with him. He had one on the far left end and one on the far right end mm-hmm. and he was like this the far left end represents you know the most degenerate sin separated from God etc mm-hmm. and then you have on the far right this represents like Jesus mm-hmm. you know who has perfect God man represents absolute purity and mm-hmm. obedience and holiness and so he brought up one of his friends and he's like now I'm gonna have my friend here represent the Apostle Paul okay and where do you think he stands on the spectrum and right. he starts walking him over yeah. to like Jesus side. he's like Paul the Apostle of the <laughs> Lord he- suffers for Jesus and does all these things so holy, putting himself to great pains for Christ and all these things that he does and he's walking him over and then as he's saying some of these things he turns him around and starts walking him over (laughs) to the left and keeps going and he's like oh that stuff he does he's like nope right over here buckaroo you're over here (laughs) and he was making the point that apart from being made right and justified by ourselves you know we all belong Mm, over there that's
1: a real downer thank you
0: anyway but it was the way he did it (laughs) I realized I conveyed none of the humor Uh, when he did it everyone was laughing really hard I don't know. They they apparently thought sin was funny. No, not not really. They didn't. I shouldn't even joke like that. But, you know, anyway, you just put me in mind of that that moment. Our dear friend, R.C. Sproul, may the Lord rest his soul. Yes, yes. The personal friend of the podcast, my best friend, Tom Wright, N.T. Wright, Bishop, N.T. Wright. Oh, absolutely. I can make that joke because I had dinner with him. I'll pretend to make that joke because I'm friends with someone who had dinner with him. Uh, What is that thing? Seven degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Like you're only. I'm one degree separated
1: (laughs) from Tom Wright. From Tom Wright himself. Oh, love it! Oh, you're doing well today. I am doing well today. Nary a complaint in the wind. I made that that's up. That's good. Well, I was going to say if it was in the wind,
0: it'd be gone anyway,
1: right? That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the nice. I just thought that sounded like an expression, so I leaned into it there. with confidence. You can make anything an expression if you make it an expression. Yeah. Right. Wow. Well, Touche. You just
0: gotta, you know, find a good colorful metaphor and yeah. work your way with it. Yeah. You know. But you know what? You hopefully won't accidentally ever stumble mm. into mm, tell is me. a Christological heresy. Yeah. The cat yeah. Hopefully not. I mean, you could.
1: You could. You and that's why could. we're
0: doing... It's too easy. Yeah. These podcasts, which is uh, what we're doing today. Mm. We're just going to pick up on another Christological heresy. And the next fun one that we'll be covering mm. is the heresy known as docetism. 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 Like a uh,
1: docetism. It's not a cool name. No, it's not. No, it's It's not a cool thing either. It, no, well, I wouldn't. Nothing about it. I, it's But of all the heresies so far, this is definitely, as far as names go, I don't know what it contains, but it's the dorkiest. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah
0: it is pretty dorky. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like some of those like Nestorianism or Apollinarianism. Oh, I'm like that just sounds Lord. cool. It sounds cool. I you feel know? like
1: the person who invented it probably has a marble sculpture of himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whoa, okay. Wow. And in the sculpture he's probably like holding a quill and a book and he has one of those like Poseidon beards. He does, and he's yeah. like looking
0: up, you know. <laughs> to the heavens, you know, he's got like a big old mitre on top of his head? Yes. Yeah. Probably, yeah. no. But docetism is dorky. Yes. Yeah, in, in every way, shape, form, and fashion. So, docetism in name, we'll just get that out of the way, because you're like, what in the world does that mean? Yeah. Well, it comes from the Greek word, dacheo, which means, to seem, or to appear. Oh. So, yeah, even with that little verbal hint, you
1: might have a clue as to what this heresy entails. I suddenly do. I would bet a crisp dollar bill. This is the ghost. Jesus <laughs> Is it about ghost Jesus?
0: I love the way you ought to coin that. That's let's put that on a t-shirt because that's exactly what it is. Yes. Oh. Yes. In essence, if you were a docetist, you'd believe that Jesus only appeared to live a bodily existence, that he only seemed to walk among us and to die on the cross. Hmm. But of course, in reality, he did no such thing. Was not walking among us. He did not die on the cross. Physically speaking, at least, you know, and so this is a bit similar to Gnosticism, right? If you're okay, thinking yeah. like, wow, this just sounds like Gnosticism. Yeah, it's similar, especially in that it reflects a bad dualistic understanding of the world where, again, physical matter, bad, immaterial, spiritual world, good. And yeah, that's it. Right. Right. So, yeah, similar there. But it is Different from Gnosticism in that it doesn't have a wildly different cosmology, and that is important. Does <laughs> yeah. does play out. There's no pleroma of Aeons or anything like that. Mm. So rather, dositism holds that Jesus is truly divine. Okay. It just denies his true humanity.
1: Oh, okay. For a minute I thought it would be less complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Until the end of that sentence.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really it starts to fall apart if you begin to think about it. It's gonna be a lot much more of,
1: a lot of gymnastics here.
0: Yes. And obviously we can just begin with the problems that this creates. Because if this is true, then it means that Jesus is not able to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, as Hebrews says. It means that he didn't actually bear our sins in his body, mm. as First Peter says, and that he did not actually die and rise again, as scripture clearly attests. So, I mean, are just three off the top yeah. of my head, basically.
1: I realize, I'm asking this very early on, but doesn't that make the whole image, I guess, image of the <laughs> crucifixion feel kind of performative? Or do they have a contingency to explain why, oh, we still had to watch it happen? Yeah. The short answer is, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I wonder if they do either, frankly.
0: Yeah, because there are just a lot of pieces of this system that are very incoherent. Mm. And I think we'll get to part of, what well, why they would say, oh well, there still needs to be some crucifixion pseudo-event. Right. You know, whatever that is. It's difficult for us to even talk about it because I'm like, you yeah. how do you even frame that? Mm. But but let's let's begin here and we'll come back to that in a moment. In short if docetism is true, we have been misled by scripture when it says that Jesus hungered, thirsted, and ate, and drank, and felt pain, and wept, and mm-hmm. all those things, which is bad enough. But the most important implication of all that is that we cannot be saved, because as Paul says, if Jesus did not actually die on the cross and rise again... But only rather seemed to do those things. Then, as First Corinthians says, we are still dead in our sins, and we might as well party on till our flesh buckets expire. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's my I mean. favorite sentence in the world. Yeah, look at
0: that. <laughs> Let your flesh bucket expire. Spires. You cannot oh my go any farther with that, which again, like, wow, how do you, you get to that point? Well, if you think the material world is bad and you really hold to that belief, you have to follow everything too to its logical conclusion. Mm. And that's what you get. Not only that, and I, I think this is getting to where a docetist might try to say, well, we need something like the crucifixion and we okay. need all these, we need Jesus, even though he didn't become human we need to have seen these things that he appeared to do because we still need to imitate that. Uh, We need to do those things, and we wouldn't be able to know how to do that apart from his example. Okay. But, (laughs) again, I take that, and that makes the commands of Christ to imitate him and obey him utterly nonsensical to me. Yeah, okay. Because Jesus only appeared to do those things in his body. But if we have actual bodies— we would actually have to do the things he only appeared to do if we imitated him. Like, the whole thing just starts to fall apart on itself.
1: Like, I mean, the only way to explain that is essentially that he offered an illusory demonstration of what we're actually meant to carry out. Like, to carry out what that represented. Yes. Which seems overly complicated in every sense of the word.
0: Right, it does. And it doesn't give a compelling, I don't think, reason for why we need to do that stuff in the first place.
1: And I'm thinking about the crucifixion now at this point. Like, literally any possible devil's advocate explanation i can invent and that's but that's what i'm doing i'm like i'm writing fan fiction in my head (laughs) to to like connect these dots you know what i mean it's like something happening in the spiritual world that was like so extreme that it manifested in this way but it's i'm like i'm making stuff up to make that work
0: right and i think that's the issue at the end of the day is because this like any other of the heresies let me come back to that point in a minute because i actually have an (laughs) observation to make on that front because you keep going round and round on this like sure Jesus never actually did anything. Like, he only seemed to do things. Mm. So, it just unravels the whole fabric of Christianity as you know it, as anyone would be able to articulate it. And I think part of the tension here, not just for docetism, but any of the heresies, one of my professors at seminary said, heretics sleep well at night. And his point was, they sleep well because they don't have to wrestle through the tension of, well, how can Jesus be, for example, fully and truly divine? And fully and truly human. Yeah. How do both those things work? Like, how, do you, how is he 100% both? That's Like, that's not possible. Yeah. Like, well, not to us. And so, in their attempt to reconcile that difficulty, they're like, well, we're just going to opt for one or the other. I see. That's what most Christological heresies end up coming down to. Wow. Is a strong leaning toward one or the other. Mm -hmm. And, again, I think you could try to argue that, yeah, there's something happening in the spiritual realm, and I think that's what some of the Docetists would have argued, is that there is something happening in the spiritual realm so strong that it manifests itself in the physical world. But, again, I would want to think that if... That was the case, and physical matter is bad. You wouldn't want to do things like being charitable. Like, you are helping people alleviate and restore and renew their physical bodies if you're being mm. charitable. Like, you see someone hungry on the streets, right? And you're like, oh, well, Jesus said, you know, feed and clothe the poor. Well, that's just their flesh bucket. Yeah. Like, why would you want to restore or renew that? It's evil. Why prolong their yeah. existence on this right. earth? Right. Why would you do that? Like, there are all these things that just start to, I'm like, I just don't see how you reconcile those. Yeah. And if you're starting to think, wow, this is getting really historical and abstract, as you guys, <laughs> you know, tend to do, I'm going to, I'm bringing it back to us. Because I think we can fall prey to smaller versions of this more easily than we think. For example... How often do we find ourselves thinking, "Well, life and temptation couldn't have been that difficult for Jesus, because after all, he's God." <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Right? Because, like we're just like,
1: yeah, yeah, because he actually succeeded after all. So we yeah. we kind of create this like sliding scale of effort required. Like yes, we fail constantly, but he didn't. So Obviously, he had more to work with.
0: Right? Yes. Yeah, so it's like, oh, it was just his divinity. Like he's just <laughs> he's just this, basically he's Superman <laughs> exactly. in a
1: skin suit. You
0: know that. Doesn't have any difficulties with this stuff, Mm -hmm. which that's just docetic thinking coming through in us, right? When we think that way, because Jesus, yes, is truly God but he is also truly human. He is 100% human and divine, which means that what he feels in his humanity, he feels fully, right? He wasn't some Superman figure hiding in a flesh suit. He was a man with a real human nature and a body like ours that could grow tired, hungry, sad, and all the rest with the only exception, of course,
1: being sin, right? It's it's strange how surprisingly easy it is to get tripped up by, even even when you can explicitly see his problems. Right. Like, you know those facts in your head, and yet you kind of naturally stumble into this, like, misunderstanding sometimes.
0: Yes. And to that last point, this is a C.S. Lewis illustration. I think it shows up in Christianity. But he was dealing with this kind of thinking mm. and addressing the question of, like, well, if Jesus was perfect and he was truly God, then temptation just—he didn't have the same struggles we did. Yeah. And his point was, again, Jesus is also truly human. And the way to help us understand that is to imagine— Walking against a gale force wind, like we're talking, like let's imagine this wind is blowing—I don't know—a hundred miles an hour against you, right? Okay, okay. I mean, just something unfathomable. No one's going to stand against that. Like you're going to be knocked over on your keister immediately. Yeah, I've seen the weather right? channel. Yeah. <laughs> if you are exceptionally strong, you know the Dwayne the Rock Johnson this of this world. <laughs> They might be able to, like, make a step or two, right? And then it's like, no, you're just not going anywhere, right? He could with that
1: eyebrow of his. Yeah, that's right.
0: Raise that thing, man. Just just push it back. (sighs) Eat your 27 pizzas and go for it. But Jesus is a man in this situation who walked against that gale force wind his whole life. Hmm. And that's temptation. That's what it's like for us. Like, he knew and got closer to it. Right. It's like if you imagine him getting closer to the gale, like the gale gets stronger as you get closer to it over the course of his life, because he didn't get knocked down, he got closer and closer to it the longer he lived. So Lewis's point was he knows temptation better than you and I do, because, you know, on our best days, it's like, oh, I resisted it for, you know, a day. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And then it's like, oh, shoot, I well, some temptation Got me and I sinned today may not be all the same ones, but like I gave into temptation generally at some point not Jesus never in any way and he only resisted it his whole life right up to the very end when he's in the garden of Gethsemane and says things like I could call down a legion of angels to save me from this hour, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I mean basically right up until he died. You know, I mean, can you imagine, I was thinking about this because it was a part of my, we're in Holy Week as of this recording and part of my Holy Week reading where Jesus is on the cross and the religious leaders are railing at him and saying, if you really are the son of God, come down from the cross and then we'll believe in you. And like, Mm. I, there was like, let me just, you know, I'm not Jesus, but like, I want to put myself in that, that moment where I have the power to vindicate myself in front of people like that. Yeah. It frightens me how easily I think I could do that. Right. Like, oh yeah, I will vindicate myself to mm. these, you know. And I mean and there's a I mean, Jesus was vindicated and will be vindicated. But like that wasn't the time. Like he had to die <laughs> yeah. for his people to be saved from their sins. And so even there in that moment as the forces of darkness are working to say, come down from the cross, come down from the cross, prove yourself. Uh-huh. He's not doing it. Right. Which is just remarkable that he, up until the very end, endured that and never sinned. Seriously. And you lose all of that if you ascribe to something like docetism. Mm. Or if you even start thinking like, well, Jesus doesn't know what it's like because he's truly God. Like, no, <laughs> just, he knows. He does right. know. So, let's not become subtle docetists. Be, yeah. Yeah. Let us affirm regularly and often that Jesus is truly God and God. And truly man, because in that truth rests our hope. So, yeah. There you go. And there you have it. Well, thanks as always for listening. And if you found this helpful or enlightening and you want to leave us an honest five-star review in that Apple podcast platform, that'd yeah. be great. We'd be grateful. We would. Love it. All those things. And if you have a question on this or any other topic, or at least you
1: seem to... <laughs> ah, do you have a projection? Sorry, the yeah, of the that's
0: right. Yes, that's right. You can email us as always at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Yeah. Thank you as always, and we'll catch you next time.